Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. All right. It is Friday. And as you know, on Friday, we do the Friday Financial Wrap-Up with Mr. Michael Zuber. How are you, Michael? I'm doing very well. Thank you for the opportunity. It's always fun to look back over the week and see, see what was market moving. I agree. What an interesting week. What an interesting time. It is the first week of November. It is today is for November the 4th, 2022. Let's get right into it. I think the big headline this week was the Fed rate hike. What are your thoughts there? What do you see? Let's talk about the Fed. Yeah, so we got to talk about the Fed in kind of two lenses. First and foremost, they gave us exactly what we expected, 75 basis points. Then it got a little wonky. Uh, So at, I think, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, they released a press release. Uh, So for about 30 minutes, uh, the market, meaning the stock market, bond market, thought the the Fed was going to turn dovish because the press release kind of said, hey, we know there's a delay. We've been kind of aggressive basically hinting at the fact that a pause might be on the near-term horizon. Then 30 minutes later, so 11.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 Eastern, Powell gets in front of a microphone and basically turns into Jerome Powell, Jackson Hole. Pain is coming. Pain is coming. We're going higher. Sure, we may slow down eventually, but pain is coming. So what basically he he uh, he was a real big hawk. Um, the discrepancy between the release, the group's release, and his talk in front of the microphone was stark. So what we've seen obviously is a reaction. The stock market on Wednesday went down about five hundred points after he spoke because again, the market is addicted to a Fed pivot. And Powell said, "Not coming. We're not going to stop anytime soon." I was someone who hoped they'd be done in January or February. At this point, they may raise slower, but may they might not be done till the summer, Ty. So uh, there's a lot more pain coming. And, and uh, Powell told us pain was coming, and he just told us on Wednesday that more pain was coming. That's what I took from uh, from Wednesday. Very interesting. And let's let's actually break that down. Just let's unpack that just a little bit. When you talk about hawkish versus dovish, explain that to the audience who maybe is a little newer to the channel. Yeah. So dovish generally means, you know, they want to go slower. They want to cut. They 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 don't want to raise what's called the Fed funds rate because that's all the Fed does. Right. They raise the Fed funds rate up or down or, or don't. And a dove wants them to slow down less pain where a hawk's like, no, rip the bandaid off. Let's go. We've, you know, inflation's not transitory inflation headline inflation's at 8.2 or whatever it is. And uh, we're behind the curve. So a hawk wants to go higher, faster, and a dove wants to slow down. Got it. And now when you say the market, you're referring to the stock market in terms of a lot of people are concerned talking about pause, talking about pivots. 
and that potentially, obviously, there's a lot more pain, meaning we're probably going to see continued rate hikes in the Fed. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Got it. And something you called over the last probably three to six weeks is you called 75 for yesterday, first week of November. You called for 75 basis points in December. And then you thought then they might slow down a little bit, maybe 50 basis points in February. Yep. Yeah, I think I would say right now, as of November 4th, I would, you know, it's a real right now, it's a toss up uh, between 75 and 50. We've really got, you know, six weeks before the next meeting. I do think 75 is still today kind of the leading option. It's pretty close, though. It's like 55, 45 kind of thing it it could switch back and forth but um i think it's very clear it's going to be either 50 or 75 there were people hoping for a pause or hoping for a quarter and i think that left the building i think we're going to get 50 or 75 as of today i'm going to call one more 75 and then hopefully we step down to 50 after that but um yeah more rate increases are coming for sure more rate increases are coming. Okay. And we're going to tie it in. So everybody, if you're watching now, stay tuned to the very end, because we're going to talk about mortgage rates. We're going to talk about, there's been some wild predictions on YouTube, which we're going to talk about. Michael's been calling this market for the last six, nine months. We're going to get more, we're going to get deeper into mortgage rates specifically here at the end. Let's talk about PCE core. What is PCE core? Explain it to the audience and what happened this week. Yeah, so there are a lot of inflation readings, right? There's something called CPI, Consumer Price Index. There's PPI, Producer Price Index. And then there's PCE, Personal Consumption Expenditures. And something that Powell, in my opinion, was clear as day for the first time, he basically pointed at PCE core, and he actually called the number. He said the last reading was 5.1. Why that was important to me is I think what he told us without telling us is I have to get the Fed funds rates above PCE core. So as of today, that means the Fed has to get rates above five and a quarter. However, we have you know a couple of months before we get there. So you and I and everybody listening should hope that PCE core comes down. For example, if if by January PCE core comes down to 4.8 or lower, there's a chance the Fed can stop at five. I think it is very clear based on the way uh, Jerome Powell answered that question that he will get inflation above PCE core. So if PCE core goes up, Fed goes higher. If PCE comes in lower, he doesn't have to go as high. I think it is very, very clear. If you're gonna watch one metric reported monthly, it is PCE core. PCE core is the is the key indicator right now, it looks like, for Jerome Powell and the Fed. I believe so, yeah. So the Fed funds rate is going to go above PCE core. So we should all hope it goes lower. We'll keep an eye on PCE core. Let's continue. Let's move forward. Let's talk about ADP. Explain who ADP is in the world of finance and financial news and what happened this week with ADP. So ADP is a uh, company who does basically payroll uh, for companies. So they track and report monthly private payrolls. And they were expected, I, it came out on Wednesday, I think. I think expectation was like 197 and it came in at 218 or 228. Basically came in hot. 
So the job market is still hot, right? Unemployment's still 3.5. Jerome Powell clearly wants to cause some pain in the job market, which I think is coming, uh, but it didn't come in October. And uh, uh, wages were up 7.8%. We did see some things subtle in the uh, ADP report. Uh, most of the job gains were in hospitality, which generally speaking are low-paying jobs. Uh, but we also saw those jobs get an 11% wage increase. Uh, and then the entire bucket was about 7.7. So wage inflation is still happening. Job growth is still happening. Um, we'll see. I actually expect layoffs in tech and in finance to pick up, which we'll talk about it in a little bit. But uh, yeah, dude, there's more pain coming. And I think layoffs are going to be one of the things that we, we will unfortunately see a bunch of. Very interesting. Very interesting. So um, I'm going to tie it all together. So let's talk about weekly jobless jobless claims. What happened with unemployment with jobless claims this last week? Yeah. So everybody, you know, if you were going to watch one metric weekly to see if Jerome Powell is getting what he wants, it's going to be the weekly jobless claims that come out on Thursday. And for the longest time, they've been averaging the low 200,000. They came in lower than expectations again this week at 217. I think, and again, this is just Michael Zuber's guess, I think we have to average 325,000 or more for the Fed to feel like they're winning. If that, if winning, I mean, how can you really win when there's that much more unemployment? But for them, they got to break inflation. Inflation is broken with demand destruction. So it is, it's just where, you know, good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. So every, every Thursday morning, I'm checking out weekly jobless claims. They certainly have to break 300,000. I'm guessing 325 for the Fed to start going, ooh, we're slowing down finally. So that, that's a number you can look at every week and it comes out Thursday morning. And for the last several weeks, it's been roughly in what, what range? 210 to, I think one week it was actually 197, but call it 200 to 220. 200 to 220. And you think that if it reaches up in the high 200s, for sure into the threes. I, yeah, it has to break 300. It has to break 300. It has to break 300. Okay, let's continue. Let's talk about layoffs. You had some thoughts about layoffs and tech, finance. Uh, what do you see there? Yeah, so it's funny, right? Uh, ADP report comes out, jobless report comes out Thursday morning. And uh, not not a couple hours later, we get announcements from Stripe, 15, uh, 14% layoff. Lyft, like an hour later, 13%. Amazon saying they're going to stop hiring for corporate staff. So there, I think there was a lot of folks in in business that was hoping this pain was going to end sooner. The Fed clearly said the other day it's not. So I think you're going to start to see layoffs pick up. And I mean, just in the last you know couple of days, we saw Lyft, Stripe, Amazon, you know, Amazon talk about non-hiring, but Stripe and Lyft, 13, 14 percent layoffs. Um, inflation, harder to borrow money, more expensive. Uh, I think, unfortunately, for the next three to six months, we are going to see weekly note, weekly updates on more and more layoffs coming. So the Fed's getting what they want. They're it's just not as fast as they want it, I guess. Very interesting. Very interesting. When layoffs, jobless claims, ADP, payroll. Let's go back to something. And this is where I want to tie it all together, talking about employment, talking about jobs. Um, we did a, you and I did a you and I did a show, we did a recording, a video where we went back over 50 years, we went back into the 1970s, 80s, we did a comparison about interest rates, which we're going to finish on interest rates. But a big thing you said was wage inflation 
can we see layoffs? Can we see jobless claims go up, but also see the wage inflation? Is that also something that can happen simultaneously and something we can see progressively moving forward? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And in normal times, the answer would probably be no. Uh, but as you've hopefully seen over the last year or so, we are not in normal times. I believe what we are going to go through, unfortunately, is going to be a white collar recession, meaning tech and finance are going to be hit hard, which are high paying jobs, uh, where lower income jobs, i.e. the ADP report, leisure and hospitality, what I might call the trades, uh, there's really a lack of workforce there. So we're going to see wage inflation across a big swath of our economy and layoffs in a different sector. So yes, I think we may see wage inflation go up as jobless claims go up. It's it's kind of an oxymoron, but I, I do think that's coming because where we are underemployed, we'll see wages go up and where maybe there were some overhiring, we're going to see layoffs. So yeah, they're not they're not equal. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to see both. Very interesting times. We'll definitely keep an eye on this. So moving forward, the thing we're going to finish with is the 30-year mortgage. Now, somebody that I watch, I watched the same interview, Patrick Bet David. He did a whole entire show about calling for 10% plus interest rates. What are your thoughts on that? I know you've been talking about it this week. What do you see there? Yeah. So first and foremost, I love I love when people make calls early and I want to give full credit to Petrobet David on Valuetainment for making this call six months ago. Yeah. Uh, when rates were five percent, I thought he was crazy. Yeah. Like, wow. What the hell? Right. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Um, we're halfway there. I mean, yep. I just talked to a lender. Uh, 30 year loans are at seven and a half. So, um, you know, is it I, I got to give him credit. Is it possible? At this point, absolutely. Uh, is it probable? I don't quite say it's probable yet, but I mean, it's possible at this point. And, and not this year, it'll be next year for sure. But I do want to say something. As a channel, one rental at a time, we speak to investors. Investor loans are already in 10%. You know, if you're doing a 25% down, you have average credit, you could be at 10%. Par could be 10%. So from an investor standpoint, uh, many of us are there. Uh, others are over nine. Will owner occupants get to 10? Again, possible, sure. Probable. I kind of see it peaking in the low eights, but I, you know, Patrick Bet David's very convinced. I mean, he's right. There were 12 or 14 years we were above 10%. It's certainly. It is certainly possible. And and I have to admit I was wrong. I didn't uh I, I think I probably put out some videos five five months ago saying I don't think so. And I want to be you know, admit I was wrong. I it it uh it's possible. Not not probable yet to me, but but possible. Very possible. Very interesting too, because even for somebody to go back 50 years, I love that because you did a show, we did a show together. You've done multiple shows about 50-year history of mortgage rates. So it was nice to see that come back and be something talked about, right? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, Patrick Brad David quoted numbers that are on my spreadsheet, right? Yeah. He quoted it. I'm like, that's the exact number I have. So we're looking at the same data sources. Uh, so that was good to see. It, it's good to see people look at history and try to make predictions versus a lot of people are making emotional decisions based on the last two years. 
in the last two years are fake. So going back and looking at the 70s, I have thought for more than 18 months it was valuable, hence the exercise. It was fun to see Patrick do that as well. So um, shout out to him. I love it. Now, last thing, this is a curveball. I did not pre-frame you for this, but I want to talk about it. There was a show where you and another uh, another host, you broke down a video done by David Green. He was a guest on, whose <laughs> show was it? Somebody that's on and involved with Patrick Bet David. Who Do you know the oh, gentleman's it was, name? I don't know the name, but it was actually Dave Ramsey's channel. It was it Dave was Ramsey's a, channel? It was a Dave Ramsey channel where Patrick, or where um, David Green was basically saying, uh, no, no, no pricing crash, but transaction crash. Uh, and he kind of used the same vernacular that I've been using for a year. So a lot of people reached out and said, he's quoting you. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, but it was, it was funny to see. Well, David Green is a friend. He actually believe he, I think he lives about 10 or 15 miles away from me. And, um, we've had an opportunity to spend time together. I have a tremendous respect for David. What's yeah. interesting is that, um, in the show notes, I think it's important. I would love to see if you were a fan of Michael, if you were a fan of one rental at a time, if any of this content has delivered a lot of value, the same way it has for myself, all of my friends, people that I talk with, I want to encourage you guys, if you like this content, I would love to see how can we get Michael onto mm -hmm. Patrick Bet David's show and or yeah. even with the gentleman that hosts on the Dave Ramsey channel, I would love to see you go on there and have a similar conversation. So if you're watching this, please send a message, DM Patrick Bet David, the people at Valuetainment, the people at Dave Ramsey. I would love to see you get in there, Michael, and share awesome. your content. It's great to hear your content repurposed and out there being shared. And that's really why you do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the beauty of one rental at a time is I don't mind doing the work every day. Uh, I know eventually one rental at a time will have that escape velocity. We're, we're roughly speaking 40,000 subs, very active community, unlike some channels with big numbers, not very active. So I appreciate each and every one, but you're right. I, I know, you know, with certainty, is it a year? Is it two? Is it three years? I don't know, but it, we will explode at some point because again, we're about doing the work. We're sharing everything that's working, not working. We admit mistakes, i.e. on this channel. Uh, I gave full credit to Patrick Bet David on Valuetainment, um, something I didn't think was possible. I will now admit is possible, but maybe not probable. So I'm learning just like everybody else. I give it my best shot. I have no um, evil intention in anything I do. I won't preach fear. I will preach do the work. I will preach opportunity. Uh, I think wealth is made in recessions. Uh, I think some people will get burned because they believe the hype. Um, Something I want to give Petra, but David, a, a total shout out for. He put out a video the other day where the thumbnail said fear porn. Yeah. In that video, he talked about a story about his son playing dominoes, I think. And his son was winning. And he's basically like, son, stop gloating because I'll spank your ass. And he did. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that got lucky the last two years and are not nearly as good as they think they are. Also, Patrick Bet David talked about buying a corporate jet, buying yachts on sale. I think there's a lot of toys that are about to be discounted because uh, stimulus ballers are, are going to get in trouble. So I'm excited for what's coming at the micro level, meaning Olivia and I, maybe one rental at a time. At the macro level, it's going to be a tough year. Uh, but if you're willing to do the work, you're willing to figure out what averages so you can do great deals, you're going you're gonna to do, do pretty good. So uh, I'm encouraged. 
I love it. So folks, if you get value from this, please share, give a thumbs up, subscribe. Obviously, uh, Michael has a great course. Uh, you can go to onerentalatatime.com. There's links in the bio here. Also, if you get value from this, again, I want to encourage people. We need to get Michael on the bigger stages. We need to get him on Dave Ramsey on that show, on that channel. We need to get him on with Patrick Bet David and other like-minded entrepreneurial people that are talking about financial news. So if you can please send a DM, message, comment, anything like that, if you have access, please. Michael, if somebody had a media request for you, how should they email or contact you directly? Yeah, the beauty is I'm a one-man show. I don't have a team or a virtual assistant. Uh, I would go to Instagram and direct message me or DM me. And that's what I would do. I love it. Michael, thank you for all that you share and do. Have a great weekend. Thank you, everybody, for watching.